0: How many know the Bible says that knowledge puffs up? You yes. ever heard that scripture? If you heard that scripture, lift your hand. Knowledge puffs up. I think that there are so many things being said, so many predictions. There, uh, you lost your Bible, right? Did anybody find a Bible in the, in the ladies' room? Did you find a Bible in the ladies' room? If you did, it's this little lady. You want to stand up here? Stand up, honey. Show them who you are. If you found the Bible in the ladies' room, please bring it back, okay? Give it to her. There are so many predictions. Does anybody remember the book, 88 Reasons Why the Lord is Coming Back in 1988? Millions of copies sold. How about the, when, the, when we went from 1999 to the year 2000? People were scared. They were buying, uh, you know, food and rations and so forth and so on. They wouldn't fly in an airplane. Their computer was going to blow up and eat their two-year-olds. I saw something on the, uh, on the uh, internet or something where, how many people have a tattoo? Lift your hand if you have a tattoo. How many want a tattoo? No. No, I don't have tattoos, and if you have tattoos, I guess that's up to you, but, you know. When, when you get to be about 65, you'll wish you didn't put those tattoos in certain places. That's all I can tell you. Because they go south. What was that on the middle of your back? Will be around your ankles when you're 65 years old. If you know what I'm talking about. Someone said, "You know, if you if you have a tattoo, you're not going to be a good parent. Uh, you'll abuse your children. You will end up in prison, and you have demons because there are evil people that pray over the ink that is used to give you a tattoo. And so, therefore, how many people have tattoos? <laughs> we need some deliverance around here." <laughs> We have argued about times and seasons and dates and now, you know, I mean, if the Lord's going to do anything, he's got to do it quick. This rapture uh, going to take place. There are uh, comets that are going to come to earth. Um, you know, I'm confused because people come to me. There's a group that wants me to find out about the red moon. There are some folks that say, do you know about blue moon? <laughs> There's blue moons, there's red moons, there's people with tattoos who have demons. And there's aliens that are going to have sex with the with the, with the human beings. And they're going to, I mean, it goes on and on and on and on and on. There's gold dust. There is um, feathers. I had a brother testify strongly about how God spoke to him and said, you know, I was on my way to a meeting and I just knew I had the, the word of the Lord, but I needed an assurance from the Lord and I was driving my car and he said all of sudden he said I looked in the back of my car and the car was filled with feathers I said you don't have a witness from the Holy Ghost you have a pigeon problem gold dust and please I'm, I'm not picking on anyone I just feel as a pastor, I need to bring some balance to all of this. According to their predictions, all of these things are going to happen now. Anybody plan on being here the 1st of October? You're going to be around the 1st of October? If you're not, if you don't plan on being here, give me your credit card. I'm going to go on a vacation with it. You'll never have to pay the bill. Come on, give it to me. I hope you're going to be here in October because it's my birthday the first week. So I hope you're here to give me a big fat gift or a hello. I call it the internet prophets. The internet rabbis. Rabbis. People who have made themselves rabbis. They don't know anything about Judaism. They have, have no, they're not scholars. They're just self-appointed rabbis. They're self-appointed teachers. They're, they, they are self-appointed prophets. Uh, you know, on and on and on and on again. If I hear one more title given to one more person or group of people... And that title is exalted above everything. I am sick to my stomach over it. Sick to my stomach. And I think I thought, I, you know, I, I really, I'm trying to get a, a, my my mind around why there are so many of these theories and so many people that are out there that are convinced they know the time, the date, exactly what's going to happen. Why is it we seem to be drawn to that kind of stuff? And why does it create a buzz in the body of Christ? I, I got something else I think we ought to be excited about, and I'll talk about that in a minute. But why does it create such a Buzz, I'm going to say this to you and I'm going to do it, and if I sound angry, I'm not angry. oh, I'm not angry. Just turn to somebody and tell me he's not angry. Amen. But like a father who's concerned about his children. Amen. Amen. I think we are drawn to those things. And there are people that are out there that have one revelation after another revelation after another revelation with times and dates and Thursday at 3 o'clock and all of that stuff because knowledge puffs up. We're drawn to that. Somehow if we have this revelation of an hour and a time and a season, it puffs us up and we really think we have something above the rest of the body of Christ. What's my shirt doing? My belly is puffing up. Where would I be without you, Aaron? I've heard some crazy things. Let me tell you something we never get our doctrine from manifestations. No, don't draw what you believe about God by what you might happen to see in some circles. We don't get our doctrine, our understanding about God or the ways of God because of manifestations. Years ago, there was a book that came out. You might have read it. I read it. It took. It sold millions of copies. It was called um, "Pigs in the Parlor." It was a book that said, "You know, you they had a they, they 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 had a demon for everyone. If you blinked your eyes, you had an eye blinking demon. If you drank more than one cup of coffee, you had a coffee demon. If you sneezed, if you passed gas, you had a gas passing demon. There were demons for everything." If you snored, you had a snoring demon. There were demons for everything. The power, the the difficulty was it began uh, to disannul the power that is in the blood of the lamb. Everybody had a demon. Darkness was winning all over the place. I went to a meeting in Tampa at a hotel. There were hundreds and hundreds of people there. And I went because someone in our church had gone and they were bringing people there. And as a shepherd, I wanted to know what was going on and what our folks were being exposed to. And so they were tag teaming. They were tag teaming the night of deliverance. There was a man and a woman and they would go back and forth. There was caffeine demons. There were nicotine demons. There were snoring demons. There were demons from your, from your. if you had Indian blood, you had Indian blood demons. They had all kinds of demons. People were shaking. They were spitting. They were throwing up in buckets. And I talked to somebody that I knew from another church in Tampa. I said, how often do you come here? He said, I he said, I come every Saturday night. I've been coming for three years. I said, it took three years for you to get delivered from all of your demons? Buddy, I need to call you legion. And so I'm sitting there and I want God. I want what God has. I'm open to the things of God. I'm open and, and I'm sitting there thinking, well, everybody's got a demon. Maybe I got one. I need to get rid of it. And so I'm not getting I'm waiting, you know, for that something to come on me where I'll snort or I'll or, 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 or throw up or, or something else. You know, I, I mean, I'm just sitting there waiting. Oh, God, please. If I got a sleeping demon or a snoring demon or an eye blinking demon, I want it out. I want all you have for me. And nothing happened. I didn't throw up. I didn't hack. I didn't. nothing. I didn't blink. And I said to myself, well, I guess you don't have a demon. And as soon as I said that, the lady that was standing behind the pulpit said, I rebuke the demon that tells you you don't have a demon. I said, hot dog, I got one. You never get your mat. You never get your doctrine, and understanding, from God. You never allow manifestations to guide you in this walk with Christ. Will somebody say Amen and give the Lord some praise with me? Come on, put your hands together. It's not about prophecies. It's not about Shemitahs. It's not about. Pumpkin eaters, it's not about. Now, I know that I'm being a little silly, and, so, and that's who I am. Excuse me, pray for me. But I think I'll get a boiled shemitah, cover it in gold dust, and pay with it for, with a denarii. <laughs> Do you know that people in the body of Christ have spent hundreds of thousands of dollars, probably millions of dollars, buying the Iraqi... Dinari. <laughs> I. How you say it? Dinar. I talked with someone recently who's an economist who's done work in this in, in this state and in Washington D.C. I asked him about this. Now, don't get mad at me if you took some money and bought some dinar with it. Don't get mad at me. But I asked him about it because I was so concerned. A man named Kim Clement. You might know him. You might not have heard. You might have heard of him. He is a prophet. And I think a good man, but he got a little off on the dinar. He had people buying it saying that it was going to come next Tuesday, next Friday, next Monday, next month. Pray because the demons are fighting, but you're going to have hundreds of millions of dollars if you bought the dinar. I talked to a man, a very wise man, a godly man. I asked him about it. He said, most likely, when they get the government together in Iraq, they will probably do away with the dinar, just like the South did away with their money when we became one union. And the best thing you'll be able to do with the dinar is maybe, just maybe, use it as wallpaper. So if you bought it, don't get mad. Now, if you end up with millions of dollars, I will come to see you because I'm going to be looking for a tithe. I had people leave this church because I asked them not to do that here. If you want to buy that, it is up to you. If you want to make an investment, that's up to you. If you want to do it around the coffee table with your friends, but you're not going to come to church and peddle that in the house of God. This is not a place. This is not a place for you to do business. This is not a place for you to come and sell your insurance. This is not a place for you to sell anything else. Hallelujah. This is the house of God. And the only thing we're going to promote here is not the dinar or not some special thing that you think somebody needs to take and get people involved in buying it so you can be at the top of the heap and you can make a whole lot of money off of people investing whatever thing you think they should invest in. The only thing we're going to promote here is the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and the work of Calvary. We're not going to promote anything else. Do I look angry yet? Are you sure? Because I don't want I'm not, to, I'm not angry, but I am concerned. We have internet rabbis who have decided that the teachings of the, and they're not, they're not real rabbis. They're self-appointed rabbis. They have nothing to do with the Jewish faith. But they've con- concluded that they're rabbis. They have teachings now that Jesus really is not the Son of God. On the internet. That the writings of the Apostle Paul, that Paul should have stayed in prison because he had no business. writing. His writings are invalid and were not inspired by God. The same people on the internet who Christians now are falling into it has said the charismatic movement when you operate in the gifts of the spirit is not the spirit of God, is it a Hindu spirit. That when you pray for people and they are touched and they sense the anointing of God that it has nothing to do with God or the anointing of God or the gifts of the spirit but it's a Hindu spirit that's entered into the church. I hate to tell you, but I still believe in the miraculous outpouring of the glory of God. And I still believe in real miracles. Will somebody say amen? And I still believe that you can lay hands on the sick and see them recover. in the blood of the lamb. There's nothing that can wash away your sin. There's nothing that can open the heavens and invite you to become part of the family of God, but the blood of Jesus Christ shed on Calvary's hill. Amen. I believe in the sacrifice of Christ. Yeah. Yeah. Do I look angry yet? Yeah. Matthew chapter seven, beware of false prophets. Who come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly they are ravenous wolves. Acts 20 and verse 30 Also, from among yourselves, men will rise up speaking perverse things. Not even someone from the outside, but someone from within. Someone who has cloaked themselves with a title. I'm a prophet. I'm an apostle. I'm this, I'm that, I'm a rabbi. From within. Let me tell you, there's one thing to have opposition from without. But it's more difficult when you have opposition from within. And those who oppose you from within... They try to pollute the river of God that God has sent to you. The devil will try to keep the river and the rain of heaven and the streams of God from even coming to your door. But once you have passed through that, once you have licked the devil, so to speak, once in the heavens have been opened and the rain comes, those that will try to attack you from within will do everything they can to pollute that water. And knowledge puffs up. Listen. If you're an apostle. A prophet. A teacher. A man of God. A woman of God. And you carry an anointing. If you are full of arrogance. And pride. I won't even let you pet my dog. I don't want my scooty be affected by your arrogance. (laughs) If you can't wash the feet of the disciples... If you can't lay your head down, hallelujah, he said he he didn't even have a place like the foxes. He didn't have a place to lay his head down. If you won't go serve the broken and the hurting and love the sin sick, come on, somebody say amen. If you won't be touched by the multitudes and reach out and touch the multitudes yourself, I don't want anything to do with you. Keep your title. And God, stay off the Internet. (laughs) <laughs> those who have the greatest calling and anointings can I ask you something has anybody here ever heard of Reinhard Bunke you know Reinhard Bunkey? that man is the most humble he has preached to millions of people shook a continent we got a chance to see him at christian retreat he's the most humble individual that you'll ever meet dan interviewed him uh when they were doing this thing for heidi he's a humble man you talk about a resume you talk about a god that could a guy that could stick his chest up and tell everybody what a great evangelist he is Those with the greatest anointings and greatest callings. And I want to tell you, if you had a great calling and a great anointing, humble yourself in the sight of God and stay humble. Come on, give God some praise with me. Also from among yourselves, men will rise up, speaking perverse things. Now listen, this is what false prophets do. To draw away disciples after themselves. False prophets want you to follow them. And they will turn you to themselves rather than turning you to the person of Jesus Christ. Galatians chapter 3, it says, O foolish Galatians, who has bewitched you? If you read the book of Galatians, you're going to find out the Apostle Paul is very angry. Uh, Most theologians, most uh, commentators say the book of Galatians is the angriest writer. It's the angriest writings of the Apostle Paul. He is extremely upset. And he says to the Galatians, someone has bewitched you. Someone say hallelujah. hallelujah. Oh, I, wait a second. Oh, here I am, dear. I'm sorry. 1 John chapter 4 and verse 1 Bel- uh, Beloved, don't believe every spirit, but test the spirits let me tell you something. Everything that sounds spiritual may not be godly. You can spoof it up. You can sprinkle it with gold dust. You can have feathers fall from the ceiling. In our home church, there was a guy that Kind of believed that stuff, and they had him there for a convention. Now, those of you that are offended because you saw Sid Roth up there, Sid Roth is a great man. He has a great healing ministry. I've been with him. I've I've been with him in conventions. He's been around since probably 1970. He was involved with the movement Jews for Jesus on Long Island, New York, and, and he's a good man. But some of the stuff that comes across those airways, I have to question. So don't get offended if you love Sid Roth. Please don't do that. Uh, But please don't do that because I got enough people mad at me. Don't believe every spirit. Test the spirits whether or not they are of God. Turn to somebody and say, just because it's spiritual, it doesn't mean it's God. Galatians chapter 4. But now, after you have known God, or rather are known by God, how is it that you have turned again to the weak and beggarly elements, to which you desire again to be in bondage? Listen to this. You observe days and months seasons and years let me ask you a question what were, where would you find days months seasons and years where would you find that oh what everybody say calendar do you know the the predictions of when the lord is returning and by the way the bible says no man knows the hour They got it down to the minute. I guess that's what the internet will do for you. Google it. YouTube it. Do you know where so many of these predictions come from? About disasters? And about the return of the Lord? Do you know where it comes from? The calendar calendars they interpret and their message is drawn from days months years they get there they, they, they predict the tomorrows which unfortunately become doctrines in the body of Christ and we chase after these things rather than chasing after Christ himself Come on. Come on, somebody. Say hallelujah. From calendars, they say they can interpret the time and the seasons by the Jewish calendar. It's amazing how many of these things go back to somebody interpreting a year or a day or a season. Say hallelujah. Hallelujah. Do I look mad yet? But I fear, Second Corinthians chapter 11, verse 3, least somehow as the serpent deceived Eve by his craftiness so that your minds may be corrupted from the simplicity of Christ. Do you know what false prophets try to do? False prophets try to complicate things and try to interject all of these theories so that your mind might be corrupted from the simplicity of the Lord Jesus Christ. Oh yeah, go ahead. If I got saved today, I wouldn't know what to do. Blue moons, pink moons, craters... I'm really, I'm serious. Do I look serious? What happened to Christ? If you don't agree with anything that I say, you should agree with this. What happened to Christ simply being enough? You know why we get involved in all those other things? Because it is a substitute for the real move of God. We're not willing to take our times out and cry out to God and have a meeting of God and see the glory of God come and watch the river of God flow and change communities and lives. We're not willing to give God the time to get in that place of intimacy where we can call on the name of the Lord and he will heal us. We have to come up and fabricate these false things. They are false moves of God and false anointings. Jesus takes Peter, James, and John. And he says to them, come with me. And the Bible says he takes them on a high mountain. Why do you think that Jesus would take Peter, James, and John? Does anybody know who Peter, James, and John are? Peter, James, and John were known as the inner circle. They were the ones that would be left to the task of watching after the church, the church, after his ascension. They were the ones that would be entrusted with finishing or continuing, should I say, the work of Christ on the earth. So Jesus said to them, you three boys, take a walk with me. Now, I want to ask you a question. Do you think Jesus was just getting a little exercise with those three men? Or do you think that maybe, perhaps, Jesus was getting ready to allow them to experience a lesson that they would never forget? What do you think? Anybody think it was a lesson? I think it was a lesson. I think he knew how important those three men were. And he wanted them to get a lesson that they would never forget, that would keep them between the lines when it came to you know shepherding his church. So they go on a mountain. You know the story, don't you? Do you know the story? It's called the, the, it later becomes known as the Mount of Transfiguration. They're on that mountain and his garments begin to glitter and they begin to glow. The Spirit of God is so heavy and so strong. And Jesus begins, the, 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 the Bible says that his garments became so white that not a man on earth could make it that white. They were bright and they were brilliant and his clothes begin to shine. And, 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 and while he's there, Moses and Elijah is having a conversation with him. Now, you talk about a manifestation. Whoa, wow, man. You talk about a manifestation. And so... Peter said hey you know is it you know he's kind of feeling a little awkward I mean this thing's and he, there's Elijah and then there's Moses and by the way Elijah speaks of the prophets and Moses speaks of the law that Jesus said I've come to fulfill the law and the prophets and the demand of the prophets so they're there Peter comes up with this idea. Now, I'm glad God the Father intervened because we would have a doctrine to this day that we would have to keep. It would have been passed down in the church. It's called the three tabernacle doctrine. Peter says, let us build three tabernacles. One for you, one for Moses, and one for Elijah. Now, I want you to notice something. God the Father speaks. He interrupts this thing. He never tells him them to build any tabernacle. Don't build one to Moses. Don't build one to Elijah. And he doesn't even say to build one to Christ. You want to know why? Because Christ is our tabernacle. It is in him we live and we move and we have our being. Christ is our tabernacle. Come on, someone, say amen with me. And after God the Father speaks and says, No, this is my beloved Son. Hear him. And when, and, and when they opened their eyes, only Jesus was standing there all by himself. Turn to somebody and tell them, only Jesus. I um, met the Lord when I was 17. And I'm going to be 62 here in a couple weeks. How many years is that? 45 years. The things that I have seen divide the body of Christ. You know, there are whole denominations that have divided from other denominations over the formula on how you baptize. People hate one another. People who baptize in the name of Jesus only don't want anything to do with the people who baptize in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Do you know they have been fighting over that for centuries? Do you know that someone who comes from the fact, you know, (laughs) there are denominations that believe that if you don't speak in tongues, you can't be saved. I had a man very, very innocent. His father was a pastor, came to me, and know what he said to me? He said, he said, when Billy Graham dies, he said, I don't want to be anywhere around him. I said, How come you don't want to be around Billy Graham? I'm gonna grab under his coat and go when he goes, because I'm wherever No, because he don't speak in tongues, he's not going to heaven. He might be a good man, but he's not part of the bride. It's a teaching that's out there. Years ago, we had a group of folks coming to our church. And the women, how can we always pick on the women? The women, now we're, ta- we're not talking about the Mennonite church or the Amish church, we're talking about spirit-filled people. The women had to show that they were submitted to God by being submitted to their husband. And the sign that they were submitted that they were that they were submitted to their husband is they had to cover their head now i know in some places they do cover their head but this is not that place and some of them were so desperate to get a hold of something to cover their head i think they were wearing coffee filters <laughs> listen to me. You can have a coffee filter on your head and be the most rebellious wife anybody ever met. It's not about what's on your head. It's about what's in your heart. Come on, somebody say hallelujah with me. Please Harvest Tabernacle. Please shut off your computers for a while and turn the knob off with the wannabe rabbis and the wannabe prophets and get out a Bible and read it. And lock yourself in your prayer closet and pray instead. Will somebody say hallelujah with me? That would be nice. Now, I know I've got a few of you mad at me. I'm not looking to find fault with you or Sid Roth or anybody else. But because I've seen a lot of things come and go and I've seen a lot of folks somehow get drawn away from a simple relationship with Christ. Something else grabbed their attention. And the main thing no longer remained the main thing. We don't need to build a tabernacle to the prophets or to the law. Or neither do we need to build one for Jesus. We need to allow Jesus to become our dwelling place. Come on and give God some praise with me. Nothing thrills me like him. No revelation, no manifestation, no new doctrine, no knowledge. Nothing has ever thrilled me like Jesus has thrilled me. It wasn't understanding the mysteries of the end times that caused this young, crazy, 16-year-old boy who was on a path of destruction, whose life was so miserable. It wasn't some end-time revelation or an understanding of the mysteries of God or a new doctrine or a new revelation. It wasn't none of that that changed my life and transformed me forever. It was a simple message about the love of Jesus. And it was the power and the authority in the blood of the Lamb that touched my life that day. It was the sacrifice of Calvary that changed me and transformed me. that blood spill still speaks today if I I, and I'll tell you the truth I asked Dan to explain that one guy with the extraterrestrial being that was too complicated for me I'm like what did he say and so Dan's pretty smart he was able to interpret it for me I'm sitting there like, there's something inside of me, Brother Stone. I just cry. Just give me Jesus. Just give me Jesus. Just let's exalt Jesus. Let's lift Jesus up. Hallelujah. Let's lift his name on high. Let's tell everybody about Jesus. Let the light of the gospel of Jesus Christ shine through our lives. Let's take Jesus to this dying, messed up world. Let's sing about him. Talk about him. Talk about how magnificent and wonderful he is. Share his love. Talk about the power of Calvary to change and transform our life. It's enough. So. That's my rant. So to speak. But the Apostle Paul. Read that book of Galatians. You'll find out he said a whole lot more than I did. And he's pretty angry that a whole group of people, a church that he had founded himself, find themselves entangled with the yoke of bondage because they left the simplicity of Christ. Hallelujah. Turn to somebody and tell them it's all about Jesus. Hallelujah. We used to sing a song, he's sweet, I know. <laughs> we used to sing a song, there's just something about the name Jesus. Hallelujah. You got it? Yeah, so. Now, don't go home and break your computer or anything of that nature. But start turning that stuff off. In the end, in the end, if it doesn't leave you at the foot of the cross, run as fast as you can from it. Come on and give. You get filled with all of him and there won't be room for anything else. As a matter of fact, you won't want anything else. So stand to your feet. Father, we thank you for your loving kindness. I thank you for the maturity of the saints at the harvest because we are doing everything we can to be in red hot pursuit of you not a new teaching not a new doctrine but you not a greater revelation but you we're a Jesus loving church we're in pursuit of you in hot pursuit bless your people as they go Protect us from all of these strange and various doctrines and let us focus on you. In Jesus' precious name, everybody say amen, amen, and amen.